Hello, everyone. Great to have you again for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Got to say, I know we say this uh, in a lot of our introductions, but we really love your feedback. Keep uh, letting us know what you're thinking and topics that you want to learn about on Instagram, Facebook, and check us out. Uh, We uh, really enjoy your feedback. Uh, Today, I have a special guest, uh, Mike Kelly from the Carolinas, visiting us. And we're going to talk a little bit about some subjects that are in the news in the regards to what we're seeing on the media. And I want to just kind of share and ask Mike a couple questions, of course, with a tool. A tool's with me here, my faithful brother. Uh, but we're looking at a lot of upheaval in our culture today. And I wanted to ask Mike a couple questions just in regards to how does a man think through what's going on rather than just looking at what's going on and coming to their own natural conclusions. And uh, just by way of just thought, something thought-provoking, we know the devil loves to emotionally disrupt us. He loves to divide and bring in delusionment uh, just to get people off their game or get them chasing after rabbit trails. But, Mike, we see in 2 Corinthians 5.16 really clearly that the Bible says, that we're to stop evaluating others from a human point of view. And at one time we thought Christ merely as a human. How differently we know him now. And this means that everyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. So as a man, or for a woman for that matter, how do we look through what's going on, all the stuff that culture and the devil for that matter is throwing in our face how do we look through it to see the real target, the real mission, the real point, versus just looking at it and uh, getting tied up uh, in our emotions? Would you want to comment on that, Mike? Uh, certainly. Um, I would just to start off. I would just like to say thank you for for having me on this program. And uh, it's unfortunate the the division and the the divisiveness that we see out there in society, uh, not just as Americans but as believers in Jesus Christ. And I would uh, just like to say that uh, coming from my background, which was, uh, I think, a little bit non-traditional, um, my, um, my dad was to some degree a product of his time, um, not to justify his, his views, but he was a product of his time, as many were in his generation. And so that was the generation. I, I came out of that crucible. I came to faith in Christ when I was 25 years old. And I, I carried some of that baggage with me, how I viewed other races, how I, how I viewed society, how I viewed things. And then God introduced me shortly after my conversion at 25 years of age to First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 17. Uh, it's a very clear, clear command without qualification to honor all men. And I, I remember um, about the time that I came across this verse, it really hit me like a ton of bricks. God meant to honor all men and women, uh, whether they shared the same skin color I had, the same background, the same culture, the same language. God was very clear. He had spoken. And if I was a true follower in Jesus Christ, I had, had to without equivocation. I had to sign on to God's agenda, not what I was taught as a, as a boy growing up, not what mom and dad said. And I love my mom and dad. I'm not here to in any way denigrate them. But my first loyalty is to Jesus Christ, um, period, end of story. And I, I think that some of the division, in fact, I think all of the division that we see out there 
uh, right now um, could be solved immediately uh, if we would adopt that, that simple verse, 1 Peter 2.17. And so, in a nutshell, I think that that was how God worked with me. There were other moving parts of that story, but um, to put it succinctly, that was where I was coming from. Mm-hmm. You're a family man. You've got how many, you have three daughters? Uh, three daughters, one son, and two grandbabies. And you've been married how many years? Uh, next month, 27 years. 27. So you've seen culture shift back and forth and up and down, and it has a way of uh, repeating itself. It's, in, it's interesting. Um, how do you teach your kids to uh, navigate through today's culture? What are some things that are some non-negotiables in your family, in your family foundation? I would have to say this, the, the Bible has to be the yardstick, the litmus test, as it were. Uh, not my opinion, not just because mom, dad, or, or grandma or grandpa said it, but does it actually line up with the Bible? If, if somebody cannot give you a chapter and verse, uh, or they hesitate uh, for their beliefs, I, I think that that is a huge red flag to be aware of. Um, God accepts all races, all colors. Uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, in his address on Morris Hill, Acts chapter 17, I believe verse 26 and 27, it says that God has made from one flesh all peoples. And so, if God is willing to accept everybody uh, without qualification, then if we are truly his followers, we, we need to do the same thing. And, and so that would be what I would leave my, my kids, my grandkids with, uh, people that I come in contact with, and uh, I've heard I've heard all the arguments. I've heard all the, all the rationale, the reasonings, and the bottom line is, um, the Word of God is our. They are our marching orders. It's it's our marching orders. Um, it's it's the final word, and I that's what I would leave my children with. This is what I have tried to teach them, and um, that's uh, I, I don't know what else to add to that. But what the Word of God says, chapter and verse. Oh, it's very good. I mean, Psalm 119.89, it reminds me that the word is forever settled in heaven. You have a very revolving culture, a self-centered culture. You have a very demonic culture. Uh, Proverbs chapter 30 tells us about the generation that we live in, that they're just lovers of themselves. And, And Atul, just to have you chime in here, we were talking earlier today about how Christianity, our faith can be generated or uh, defined by culture and uh, the mood of our world. Um, did you want to share a couple of thoughts you were sharing with me on that? Yeah, Pastor Jason, I was just reading on something that how uh, uh, cultural Christianity rose in last 50, 60, 60 years and uh, biblical, biblical Christianity has suffered because of the cultural Christianity has rose. And it's really interesting, and it gives you like a five um, ways cultural Christianity is uh, different than biblical Christianity. Now, if I may say these five things, and I was really interested, uh, really touched by that. Anyone can, the first one is, anyone can be a cultural Christian today. And uh, it's really easy to be, um, you know, a cultural Christian, which is recognized that benefits a Christian morality and celebration through the though he does not believe in God and is outspoken against religion so that's your basic cultural Christianity and the part two 
is uh, cultural Christianity is comfortable in today's day and age. And part three is uh, cultural Christianity is more about our outward appearance than personal relationship with Christ. And uh, part D is uh, cultural Christianity picks and chooses what they want. And part E is cultural Christianity requires little sacrifice. Mm. So when you look at these things that we're dealing with, your thought on it, Mike, as we look at these cultural Christianity versus biblical Christianity? Well, I, I, I think that um, you really have to accept the whole package or not at all. Uh, we can't take the benefits of, of what Christ taught, honesty. Everybody wants everyone else to tell the truth to them, but are you willing to tell the truth to other people? Okay, everybody wants to be loved and accepted for who they are, but are you willing to, to do the same and reciprocate to other people? You see, you, ha you have to take the whole package, or not at all. Um, it's like the example we were talking about. I, you know, I love the taste of barbecue, but please don't add the barbecue sauce. Well, I, that, that just cannot happen. Um, if we want the taste of barbecue, then um, shucks, I guess we just have to add barbecue sauce. <laughs> you know, and, and so you, you really... Kansas you know, City barbecue yeah, sauce. Yeah, Kansas though. City barbecue sauce. Oh, you're yeah. definitely going there, yeah, Mike, with absolutely. you. You're, you're buying, by absolutely. the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was... I Don't was ever there. say that to a Texan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was actually there for the Super Bowl. Oh, and, uh, and you didn't invite us? In Kansas Thanks. City. No, I didn't invite you. I, I'll have to get some barbecue sauce the next <laughs> trip through. But, <laughs> but uh, no, in, in, all, in all seriousness, you, you, you really just... Uh, you, can't, you can't have the... Um, uh, part of the package without the whole package, and when you accept Jesus Christ to, to bring us back, you know, to that, um, you have to accept everything Christ said. It's not a buffet where I go through and pick and choose what I like and what I don't like, and if this is inconvenient, I, I slide it under the carpet and forget about it. That, as as a as a committed believer in Jesus Christ, that is not an option. Mm. Okay, it never has been an option, and I think that Christ has a has a standard that he expects out of his children to be consistent. Uh, you know what, the world may, may not agree with us, but the one thing we don't want to be ever accused of is being inconsistent or a phony. Mm. And so we want to be consistent and in line with what Christ said and, um, and model his behavior in, in this area as well, accepting other people uh, of, of other races, uh, of other backgrounds, and... Um, I, I, just, I hope that that addresses that. I, I don't know how else to expound on that and make it any more clear. No, you're very clear. I mean, again, I, I think when you're dealing with absolute truth, you're dealing with the person of Christ, you're dealing with uh, the Word of God that doesn't change. I mean, one of the hermeneutical rules, the science of interpreting the Bible, mm -hmm. is that you want to interpret the Bible based on who Christ is. So when you read certain things, of course, it's going to reflect the heart of God. So when you look at culture, you look at music, music oftentimes is very powerful in culture. And, um, you know, we can see the genres and the, the, the whole cycle of how music has changed from, you know, uh, you know, it's an obvious change into harder and harder and even more eccentric music today. But I want to kind of bring back just real quick about cultural Christianity versus a biblical Christianity. It's interesting. Here's some contrasts, and maybe you want to comment on this. Um, so a cultural Christianity focuses on the end, and the means focuses on happiness. Where a biblical message is death produces contentment. Very different message. It's like Christ 
is everything. Christ is the center, and I'm not the center. Uh, number two, cultural Christianity or, or liberalism exalts the body over the soul, where in, in a Christian worldview, biblical worldview, we are not our own. We're crucified with Christ. You see the paradigm or the opposite end of the spectrum? How about this one? Third one, exalts temporal over the spiritual. That is a liberal view or a cultural view. And again, let me just say this. As Christians looking at this rather than through this, I mean, we have to look. This is what wisdom does. Wisdom brings you to the end of the matter, shows you the end of your decisions, and then shows you how to get there. Okay, that's why the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But but if we're trying to be that buffet like you mentioned, like I'm trying to please him, I'm trying to coddle that person, I'm trying to trying to validate that person, I'm not standing on something, then what happens? Uh, I just, I'm in this herd mentality, I have personal expression over my biblical principles, and I start redefining, uh, re- redefining terms. So what would you say, again, just to kind of bring it back, how do we look through to find Christ and to follow Christ in these days without getting entangled with the affairs of this life? Like, Timothy, like Paul said to Timothy, don't become one that uh, endure hardness as a good soldier and do not become entangled, like in the web of all these affairs. How would you, what would be some principles you've you've worked with, Mike? Well, I, first of all, I would like to start off by saying um, what I'm about to say is not going to be the flavor of the month. Uh, if you're a coffee drinker, you will you will understand that that <laughs> phrase. This is not the flavor of the month, but it is the 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 plain truth of Scripture. Christ said, he said, you were, or the Apostle Paul said, you, you are bought with a price. Wherefore, glorify God in your members. Okay, you, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. Okay, nothing the Bible says is going to sink in. It's not going to marinate through somebody's thinking unless they grasp and accept, not just intellectually acknowledge it, but to, at the very core of their being, at their very heart and soul and guts, if they accept the fact that they are bought with a price, mm. if you name the name of Christ, you are bought with a you are you are blood bought. You are bought with a price, pure and simple. You are not your own. Okay, wherefore you are not entitled to to say, well, I like that. I like this part of the Bible. I don't like that part. That is not an option. Mm. And, and so, with running the risk of being preachy. Um, that 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 type of thinking has to be dealt with, and 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 once and for all, it has to be dealt with up front, or window dressing issues will never get resolved. Mm-hmm. You you are bought with a price, okay, plain and simple. You know, black print on white white pages in the Bible, mm-hmm. and that has to be accepted. Um, and it, it doesn't matter what you know, Uncle So and So or Aunt So and So said, or or what your relatives and friends, or the guy down the street, or you know, you may like them, and you know, God, you know, God can work with them, but your marching orders, your your first loyalty should be, if you name the name of Christ, it should be to Jesus Christ, mm. because wow. after all, your friends and your aunt and your uncle, your mom and dad, they didn't die for you; Jesus did. Excellent. Okay, yeah. and that and that's the great currency, isn't it? The perfect shed blood of Jesus Christ that forgives us, washes us clean. Gives us that new beginning. A tool. Any closing comments yeah, here? I was. We were talking about that verse. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All things have passed away. All, all things have passed away, and all things have become new. 
So we are new in Christ and how do we look at things. Mm -hmm. uh, it has to be from biblical point of view. I have to have a biblical outlook and everything that I see in society or in culture today, what is God's look, how does God look at it? Is that the way I look at it? Because it's very easy to get in my flesh and see things outside of my personal perspective. But is that right though? Am I, am I really displaying the character of God in my thinking and my, the way I see things? It's really interesting. I had this conversation with a bank teller today and she asked me a question. What do you think is happening? What is your thought on what is happening around the country? And I was a little hesitant to answer, and she was an African-American lady, and I'm Indian, so we are both kind of a, in a t t two different uh, races. And I said, well, may I be very honest how I see things and answer that question to you? She goes, sure. I said to her that uh, from being an Indian living in America, and I see what is happening, I said, I have, to, and also being a believer, I have to see things from totally from the God's perspective. How does God see it? And she looked at me and she said to me, you know what, I agree with you, even being an African-American. I can't see through my eyes as an African-American. I have to see what's happening through the biblical perspective. And she said, there is, there is only one answer to the problems that we're facing. It's Jesus Christ. Mm. And that was her word. And we have never spoken to each other the first time. She said, God is the answer to every question, every problem in our society. If we go to God, and if we bow down before God and follow the Bible, we're not going to lose this battle. We're mm -hmm. actually going to gain a lot more than we will lose. That's amazing. I mean, think about it. Uh, I love what you just said. It's how do we fix the problem? It's not, it's not, it can't be done with human hands. It can't be done through programs. It has to be done with a spiritual perspective, uh, on our knees praying. Not that we would deny that there's a, we're in a broken world, but listening to people, loving people, uh, learning about where people have been and just exalting Christ uh, lifting up Christ, John chapter 12, 32, I will draw all men unto myself. So I remember this in relationships, even in my own family relationship, like the more I try to change somebody, uh, the, the more I, I can disrupt and damage that relationship. But if we love people where they're at, we listen to where they're at, we pray with them, and we stand, like Mike, I love what you're saying, we stand on something solid, a theology without apology, and we just simply... Uh, exalt Christ, then love produces that change. Um, yeah. Hey, we got one more minute here. Anything you want to close out with? Excellent thoughts today, guys. Anything, Mike? Any closing comments? I, I would, I would just say this: as as uh, simple as it, it may sound, you know, basically Jesus Christ has to be at the center, or he's nowhere in the picture. Mm. And and I, I don't believe in. I, I think that you know, I think that. People in the world actually have more perception than we give them credit for, for having. I think they can spot a phony very quickly. Um, the world may not always agree with you, but if you are not a phony, you're speaking the word, and you're trying to live that word, uh, hopefully that will point them to Christ, the, the reality of Christ, the freedom in Christ. Christ said, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And that means our our perspective on, on racial issues, the, our, on um, societal breakdown, societal chaos,
division, all that will be solved if, if this is taken to heart, if the, if the Bible is the bedrock and the foundation of our belief system. It's, wow, excellent. It's yeah. really interesting because uh, even Gandhi uh, was not, I don't believe he was a believer, but he used believe, uh, Christian principle to win the independence in India in 1947 by simply peace and love. By, by peace and love, not by violence, but by peace and love, he brought independence in the nation. So, yes, we, you know, Satan is out here to divide culture, people, color, race, all these things. But God wants to bring things together. God is the common denominator that brings people, cultures together so we can work and worship God. And He is the answer. Jesus Christ is the only answer to every social justice that we see in our nation. Yeah, I think you brought up a very important point is that the devil's plan is to divide and conquer, right? If he wants to disrupt someone's emotions, get them all wrapped up in anxiety and depression and, and fighting the system uh, and bring it into disillusionment. But when we lift up Christ, we learn to listen to that person. We learn to love them. We learn to just uh, show them what the scripture talks about. And then we leave culture being a plumb line, and now the Bible is my plumb line. My mirror now is who Christ says that I am and not who I say that I am or what the world says that I am or the news media, for instance. Wow. We, uh, you want to let you yeah, got one more thing? Yeah, here? I do. I, we, it I mean, was, the Bible is such a constant. Amen. It's, it's really interesting because I was just talking to Pastor Jack Wheatley, and about an hour ago, the pastors in Elgin, uh, Illinois, are all getting together and praying together to move forward. And how? So I really believe if we, we yes, we, are, we have every right to demonstrate how we want to show, what we want to do things. But if we demonstrate through prayer, if, just imagine if thousands of people instead of protesting, which, which is their God-given right, I mean, go ahead and do it. But if we would just come on our knees in front of a city hall and pray, and ask God, God, heal our nation. Sure, there is injustice everywhere, but God healed our nation, and God will certainly heal our nation, and it only comes on our knees. Satan fears the weakest believer on his knees. Why? Because he's grabbing a hold of the kingdom of God. Great point there. Mike, great to have you today, and uh, Tool, as always, and talking about barbecue. I'm now hungry. We're going we're, we're, we're to end this broadcast and go get some barbecue. Thank you, Pastor Thank you. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the Inner Revolution podcast. Please find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Your feedback is always welcome.